0: welcome everyone to black coffee and theology
1: it's been work
0: yeah and can I, I say with that work well backing up just a little bit i I think yes there's a pandemic and then I think in the midst of that we had the pandemic within the pandemic is how have black people suffered mm-hmm. you know in these years and we know what has been on full display while we've been on lockdown is the brutality on black bodies. And that has created a pandemic of the mind where for a lot of black people, our soul is sick. Right. And, and so not only are our bodies dying, but our souls, our very souls and our spirit are sick. And so I think that that the hopelessness then for the black person looks completely different I think than any other uh, person not better not worse whatever it's different when it you're
1: very,
0: yeah when your very soul is sick I, I think there were some days during lockdown where I would feel who don't give me emotional try, where it's like my soul is sick and when you're seeing um you know that that breaking point for me was Elijah McClain And, and his death and seeing that come to life, that that meant his death and seeing what that that boy went through. I had to say to God, my soul is sick here, right? And, and I asked God, how can a black man have hope in this? in this wicked land like it's not possible like and so when you say that work um there's no other word for it but work right like
1: yeah.
0: truly yeah and I hear you we do
1: we it we are soul sick I think my moment was Khalif Browder yeah that was my soul sick Moment where I'm just like crying out, Lord, how long? And for people who don't know Khalif Browder, he was a teenager. He was accused of stealing a book bag and he was arrested and sent to Rikers Island and he was held there for like two years at least. And he was beaten and abused. He was put in solitary confinement as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And, um, just waiting for trial. There was no evidence that he had stolen his book bag. He was just arrested, sent to Rikers Island. His money, his family didn't have the money for bail, and so he had, he just had to suffer and endure there. And then by the time he got out, and the charges were dropped against him, he had been so had so much emotional turmoil, you know, that he ended up committing suicide. Yeah. And just the pain that I could see in his eyes on his face with all that he had to endure and suffer that was like my moment where it was like lord just as you said how could we have hope in this evil racist <laughs> corrupt
0: yeah. country?
1: you know yeah. that's where like my militancy like boiled back up because yeah. i'm like look why do we have to keep burying our sons our daughters our husbands our wives you know like why you know it's just and then to top it off and then the role because you know we went from the whole world in an uprise over George Floyd rolling right you know that was during the pandemic but then it's like then the oppression of the pandemic so it's like we're carrying so much and then it's like black people poor people you know we're carrying the burdens of a lot of these things right now like they're talking supply chain issues, there's no food in the grocery store, we're losing jobs. You know, Biden keeps talking about, oh, the economy is doing so great. We've added all these jobs. But then at the same time, it's like, well, black men are the most unemployed demographic right now, unemployment for us has gone up. And that's even in my own family. My husband got laid off during the pandemic last year. So, you know, he has a college degree, he's a GIS specialist, but we're in that statistic so it's like we carry a lot
0: you yeah know?
1: We carry a lot
0: yeah you
1: know? and it, the worry of our children i have a son he's autistic he reminds elijah McLean reminds me of my son my son is 10 he's highly functioning autistic but i could very much see him walking on the sidewalk you know having cops or people approach him and him not really knowing what's going on and him being awkward and you know they could kill my my child so it's yeah. like that's something that's with us all the time
0: yeah and, and so
1: we are soul sick our souls are sick and tired our bodies are sick and tired you know it's work to maintain hope you know it is work
0: yeah, and there's no easy answers, and I think right. if there's one thing that we could illuminate here, there isn't, and I'm glad you said work, because I, I don't want to make it seem like there's one prayer you can pray. Like when, I, when I, like when we're saying there's a soul sickness, and there's a need to cling to God and for God to show up. In practical, tangible, evidential ways, that's for real, right? Like that. That's like for God to come in the room and to touch this soul sickness. Like there's a need. There's, and we we laugh, but there's like there's not an essential oil alive that can heal this soul sickness. That worry that you're talking about, that worry that goes down into the gut. I just started driving at night. For the first time since learning about Elijah McClain. Mm. And, but still the worry and the fear are there, right? And, um, and all the names of deceased Black bodies stay with me. You know, Breonna Taylor stays with me, heavy on my heart. And I, I think part of hope for me is acknowledging the reality. Right. I I think sometimes when hope is talked about in theological spaces and Christian spaces, it's like, you know, you push aside the reality and you're like, let's hope in God, you know, beloved, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yes. Yeah. God. Yeah. You know, it's a cheerleading practice. And I think for me, what I found both in the word and in my own life, I can't access future promises or any type of relief until I'm honest about the barrenness that I feel. And that's what I find in your, your story is you're fully embracing of all the barrenness and that which is not here, right? And that the ashes are part of the story, right? And we can't ask people to hope and call it good when there's ashes in the cup, right? Like, like part of hoping is saying, no, there's ashes, stuff is burned down. And then we can talk about constructive hope, eschatological hope. Um, How can God show up now in this moment? But we have to acknowledge this moment, right?
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Definitely acknowledging like, Lord, I'm broken. I, my cup is empty. I have nothing left. <laughs> um, those have been the moments where I could feel things shift in my life, where I finally just, you know, let things fall apart. Um, yeah. there's a book that somebody uh, sent me and it kind of has like some Buddhist type principles in it. And one of it is just let it, let it all fall apart, you know, mm. because a lot of our, um, the struggle comes from trying to hold it all together and maybe it's not supposed to be held together maybe let it fall apart and you know and just thinking about things what's going on in the world right now for me that kind of gives me hope because I look at it as look a lot of things are being shaken right now a lot of things are being exposed and it's not comfortable for us it's not but in order for these things to be Um, torn down these systems that are so detrimental to us our health and safety they have to be torn down you know we're witnessing it we're sometimes we're in the middle of it but you know there is good news it's being exposed it's being torn down and hopefully people will remember and hold on to that just like you know this capitalistic system society that just wants us to work till we die you exactly know? there could be a deadly virus out here like that is a sick society like that mm. is sick. it needs it's something that needs to be shaken it needs to be torn down it needs to fall down you know yeah. because um before COVID-19 people we were sick we were sick people yes. you know high blood pressure heart disease strokes and all that stuff and black and poor people more so than the rest of everybody So, I mean, that's where I get, that's where I see the hope peeking through, you know, hope that these things are being shaken, these things are being, they're going to prayerfully be torn down, you know, and hopefully people will remember, you know, remember how these systems, these people in power, how they responded to us when we were crying out for help, for some relief, and the way that they responded was, oh, just stay home five days and then get your behind back to work yeah you know um so I mean that gives me hope
0: yeah I hear that
1: yeah.
0: yeah and I I you know moving to that that hopeful piece I can also say um illuminating your preaching um you gave me a hopeful word I, I always illuminate this good Friday uh, this past year um because many of us haven't been able to access church spaces. Um, and that's part of what this pandemic has wrought, is um, the, the table of communion has been barred for a lot of us and some of us with chronic illness like me, it's been barred for a lot longer than the pandemic, but that's a different rant for a different day. Um, and you spoke this word about pressing towards the mark And um, it stays with me Um, and uh, not so many sermons stay with me, Um, my my sister, uh, because sometimes they'll be long and boring. Um, But I will say like that pressing towards the mark word was a word in due season because it reminds me of everything you're saying is it wasn't diminishing any of what we're experiencing now it was giving that kind of light in the midst of the darkness right we are here and there is a prize that we are pressing towards and there is an endurance that is needed um and there's divine empowerment that is available and so i i think of that right now as you're talking right like that that word that you illuminated for us and so I think, are there any other like pieces or thoughts that you have to give us hope in this time? It is, is hard because the natural does not give it to us. But yeah.
1: It is hard. I think the one thing that I think people should remember is that God is a very present help mm-hmm. in the time of trouble um that's been my experience um throughout my life and even now through the pandemic like when fear rises up you know if I you know set my mind on God and who God is what God has already done in my life then I you know that peace that peace washes over me um and then I just remind myself that you know there's more to our existence, our reality than what we see in the natural. Like there's a spiritual reality and we can transcend this. It's hard. Like this is not easy. Okay, this is not easy because I struggle. (laughs) (laughs) That's my lesson. But I, you know, I remind myself that there's a spiritual reality. And just like what you tweeted today that I was like, my, my. Um, what was it again? We therefore,
0: have, therefore, <laughs> since we are surrounded, We're
1: surrounded, we yes. are therefore, since we are surrounded, yeah, and we have to constantly remind ourselves that we are not alone. We are mm. surrounded. Mm. Um, there are more for us than against us, mm. and so that gives me hope. You know, because when I think about the situations, like people with COVID dying in a hospital alone, and oh my God, what if that ended up being my fate? Like, I try to remind myself, just strengthen myself, knowing that, no, I will never be alone because the Holy Spirit is within me, you know. Mm -hmm. The Lord said he would never leave me nor forsaken me, and that has been my experience. I mean, you know, I had two babies by myself and you know the lord carried me through each day i mean having an infant is not easy and you know combine that with grieving your husband you have a a newborn you had you lost your husband you're in grief then i lost my job too (laughs) like three months after my daughter was born i got fired (laughs) so it's like i had no job I had an autistic, well, I still have an autistic son, but he was nonverbal at the time. And it's like, but God carried me through. And I seriously, people thought I was going to die. They literally thought I was going to die. They thought, some of my doctors thought I was going to die from a broken heart syndrome. Mm. Um, my, one of my doctors thought I was going to die from postpartum depression, which is real. Because um, yeah. with my first child, I had postpartum anxiety bad. But um. They thought I was going to commit suicide after my husband died and I came birth to my second uh, child by myself. But it's like every day God met me in every day, every step that I had to walk. I did not walk it alone. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, but I just, had, I, God gave me the strength. And I know that God is going to give all of us the strength to endure mm-hmm. this pandemic, you know, to get, And yes, we are grieving. Many of us are wailing. I just lost one of my high school friends this week, not to COVID, but he was 42 years old and died. And, you know, I'm grieving, holding that grief in my body and my spirit. You know, one of my friends is gone. So it's like, it's not that we're not going to cry. Not that we're going to, we're not going to wrestle with grief, but it's just After we are sitting in our sackcloth and ashes, we have to get up, you know, we have to get up and walk out the faith that we say we believe, you know, stand on God's word. I know that sounds churchy, but (laughs) I mean, that's what we got to do. We, you know, we're surrounded. We have a cloud of witnesses, you know, they've gone through these things too. And look, they made it. They're cheering us on to keep running our race with perseverance. (laughs) So we have to run our race with that same faith and hope. I mean, that's all we can do. And Mm. I do believe that God gives us glimmers, visions of hope of what can be if we don't give up. I do believe God will give you the vision, the glimmer of hope, the dream, something inside that you can't explain that keeps calling you, calling you out of the ashes to get up, you know, what um God say to Elijah after, you know, he wanted to give up, he wanted to die, (laughs) but God like was like, no, you got to get up, you got to keep moving, and I I always feel that call in me, you know, to keep going, even when I'm, you know, I'm the chief complainer, right, I complain, (laughs) I whine, I don't want to be in situations where it's uncertain or uneasy. You know, I'm not like some super spiritual person, you know, it's a struggle. But um something keeps calling me, you know, something from eternity keeps calling me to go deeper, to step out, to keep walking. So that's that's what, what I do every day, you know. And I mean that's what I'm holding on to in this pandemic. It's scary. You know, people are dying. There, You can't even be in the body of believers, have people lay hands on you, pray with you, sing songs, Zion together, which is something that has encouraged me over the years. We can't even do that. Mm-hmm. But it's like we still have God. We still have the Lord. He's still with us, you know. So mm-hmm. we're going to get through it. And it's like these people who don't know God, they need those of us who have experienced God to witness about God to them, so yeah. they don't give up. You know, so yeah. they they have hope. I mean, that's also the, what gives me hope. You know, pouring into my children, pouring into other people's children in ministry. You know, I love children's ministry. I I love youth ministry. I love encouraging people on social media online. Mm-hmm um just like don't give up you're not alone you know if I got a cash app you know somebody needs some money to let them know like God hears you you know people use Twitter and social media all the time to cry out you know and so just to let them know like you're not alone somebody hears you it's going to be okay you know yeah. so that gives me hope
0: mm, I love it I love it I'm going to let you have that last word. Mm. (laughs) I love it. Amen and amen.
1: Hope against hope. I mean, I'm not like an Obama super fan, but um, the audacity of hope, like you really got to have some audacity to hope in the face of all that we are facing. You really got to have some audacity because we got a lot (laughs) that we are coming up against right now. I mean, if it's not COVID, it's racism, it's unemployment, it's sickness, it's money. It's like so much stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But that hope, you know, we we have we gotta have the audacity. Everybody else has the audacity. Amen. Why can't we
0: <laughs> say that? Amen. Amen. You know they
1: got
0: the audacity. <laughs> and then some. And then some um last question where can people follow you what what is you doing you just gave us a mighty good word what give out your your your, your infos what
1: okay so you know my website <laughs> throw up in theology.com, it's, okay. like, it's under construction right now because this this website started in 2011 okay so fellow, it's been
0: through some things
1: It started out as a mom vlog. Then it turned out to be real militant after Mike Brown got killed. It's like, it's gone through so many changes. And blogging is kind of out now. But I mean, you can kind of catch my backstory and the things that I've written over the years on com. But... No,
0: blogging is back in. Blogging is back in. My
1: real blogging.
0: Oh, shade shade and no shade.
1: 1200 word blog okay say that like, talk your stuff blog. no talk I'm, your st- I'm trying to find out because i'm yeah. trying to figure out what i need to do with my blog to like up, i'm getting older like <laughs> we're
0: tr- we trying to read we the kids read.
1: have moved on and i don't yeah. know what hip anymore but <laughs> they're open theology.com i'm always on twitter at rev laurel j and i'm on instagram i don't have a lot of instagram i mean you don't have to follow me on instagram because it's just like me posting pictures of my kids and stuff i don't really know what i'm doing with instagram yet i just joined it but i'm on instagram um for open theology so
0: Hallelujah. Let's let's okay. All right. Especially on the Twitter. Uh, it's, a, it's, a it's a wild and fun ride.
1: Oh yeah, I'm very active on Twitter. I'm let's
0: crazy. go. I love it. I love it. You don't. But um <laughs> but all right, everybody. Uh I told you this is a good time. but thanks for coming on
1: thank you
0: black coffee and theology pod is a production of three black men the podcast about theology culture and the world around us follow us on twitter at three black men if you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for for our Patreon at patreon.com slash threeblackmen. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod as well as Three Black Men.